Haunted by hallucinations and the decisions of his past, Joe struggles to make his way back to Team Nowhere and the family he lost. Welcome back to the I Married a Wee podcast. Let's get into the best anime of spring 2021. Nomad, Megalobox Season 2. Uh, no, that wasn't a joke. Nomad is the best anime put out this spring. I was going to say that's a bold statement, but then I think about it and I realize, no, that's pretty accurate because there wasn't much else that I was too in love with, I don't think. But actually, no, we, well, Nagatoro was good. I'm not going to say I was in love with it. That was another good one. Other it than was that, definitely yeah. charming. Other than that, nothing else. And can we talk about what a stacked summer is looking i mean well maybe not stacked because there's a lot of new shows that i don't know about and continuations of shows i haven't seen but the best summer anime is going to be my next life as a villain this season two yeah so i'm spoiling it for you right now pin it watch it it's gonna we're gonna be reviewing that and saying it was the best of summer whoa old claims (laughs) i hope they're right (laughs) but i gotta say i think i'm if I have to pick a show I'm more excited about, it's going to be Miss Kobayashi. That is coming out next week. Mm-hmm. Very excited for that. Yeah, at the time of recording this, Villainous Episode 1, I believe, is out. We don't know, and we're actually discussing this with our buddy Michael. We don't know how we want to approach it. Do we rewatch Season 1, take some time, and let a couple episodes stack up? Or do we watch it weekly and... I don't know. Or we wait for the whole thing to run and then binge the binge it when it's out. I don't know. Because I do actually, I want to finish No Game, No Life. Yeah. Such a cute show. It is adorable. It's cute. Yeah. I I enjoy it very much. The opposite of cute is going to be the realness that's happening in today's show that we're talking about Nomad, Michael Obox 2. Nice. Well, it was all right. I'll take. (laughs) I wasn't sure where you're going, but you're circling back to our topic here. Circling back to the reason anyone may have searched for this episode. (laughs) The show, we kind of, we did a radar on it along with Nakatoro. So it was a very interesting mix on our little radar that we did. But in the case of this, we are still dead strong on the fact that this show, apparently Daniel is very much infatuated with the intro for today's episode, but we are very much still in the mindset of this is a phenomenal show. It finished, it finished okay. I'm going to say that it's not the ending you want this nice, awesome, beautiful fight at the end, and you don't get it. But that's not what this season was about. So I can only respect it and just say, you know what? That was a good ending. Sure. Good and well enough. I think the big thing with this show, if you haven't seen it, season one's great. Season two is so crazy different. We had mentioned this in the radar as well. That it's just refreshing because season one, is its own story. It could stop there. It's done. And that's how I think anime should be. I don't like when an anime finishes off and oh, and look, and ooh, actually I'm talking shit on Hunter Hunter, I think, because I don't like a look at all this adventure ahead of us. No, just have it to where if you can't get the funding that fans are like, oh, okay, good. And Megalobox season one did that. The good thing is that season two, instead of being a typical anime cash grab or a Look, that equation worked. Let's rip it again. 
not going to name names, not going <laughs> to name a show that I've been ripping on, but I like when a show knows when to pivot, when to do its thing. So in the case of Megalobox season two, whole different ballgame. Yeah. Season one is your typical shonen. Oh, the main protagonist works his way to the top, blah, blah, blah. Season two is just purely psychological, mm -hmm. emotional, and you're watching kind of the repercussions and what happens a with fame and when people make certain life choices and they have to work through them. Absolutely. And of course, we say this every time. I don't even know why I got to keep saying it because this is just comes with the territory when you're talking about a show. From here on out, spoilers for Megalobox. If you haven't seen it, get out of here. <laughs> oh, welcome back. I can't believe that you paused it and then came back after watching both seasons. What a cool person you are. Respect you for it. Respect and love. And I dare say, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so season one, we're just going to get right into the, the, the kind of what happened and where we stand at the beginning of season two. He's the champ. Gearless Joe crushed it. And first season, you kind of made it sound a little mundane. You're like a typical shonen. No, it was still very good. Yeah. Which, no, I mean, you're, you're allowed to also think it was an okay thing. But season one, I wouldn't say, yes, the equation was typical shonen, but I think the delivery was great. It wasn't a baddie of the week kind of situation. It just took the fights and showed you exactly what you needed from each of those fights and just kept it moving. The pacing on these shows, beautiful. Well, after becoming the champion, where you are greeted with season one and what's so crazy is because you're still riding that, holy cow, he did it. What a great. And then you turn on to season two and the first episode, he's just looking raggedy. Like, what the hell just happened? Come to find out, he actually ended up fighting in an exhibition match. So he's still the champ. Nothing wrong with that. But Yuri, the person that he beat back in the day, has kind of this pupil. And... That pupil is a bit of a badass. And mm -hmm. I, I actually like him. He's, he seems like a very cool character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And gets in the ring with Joe and Joe. Goes down. Yeah, lights out. And I mean, there was a lot riding on this fight too. It wasn't just, oh, he lost and now he's a little baby and that's why he's running. This is so centric on death. What it can potentially do. How destructive it might be to those closest to you. And just someone's journey of getting through it. Yes, it's not the cleanest. It's not a fairy tale. But Joe's doing what he has to do to get through it. And in the beginning of the show, it's, it's pretty rough seeing him. Yeah. Addicted to painkillers. We he, see him in the first episode. He's like in this grungy underground ring. And then he's going to a nasty bathroom. And you see him taking painkillers. And I think it is the first episode. He is constantly fighting with himself knowing that he shouldn't be taking these and he wants to stop, but obviously having an addiction, he can't on his own. So he throws the pills on the floor, which looks absolutely disgusting. They drew it great. Yep. And he ends up and you think like, oh, great, he's going to stop. And then he goes back and picks up the drugs and it's like, oh, come on, oh, Joe. It was oh. a huge flashback to train spotting. And I don't think we've <laughs> watched that movie together, but this is a. Uh... It's a wild ride. Um, and it, in, it, in that movie, they're dealing with a couple of drug things. And this dude, 
there's a scene where he drops the pill into a toilet. Uh. And so he ends up reaching into it. But then the whole sequence actually has him going into the toilet and then he's underwater and he gets it is the weirdest, trippiest movie. And that scene, whenever I see like a drug addict <laughs> going crazy for a pill, I go, yeah, but is he dove into a toilet for it? <laughs> Craziness. And I think what's also very interesting with season two, mind you, is the fact that it just there is enough time in between two seasons and they're only giving you morsels of the story and making you kind of not work for it. But you got to wait and it's just it's a slow burn and it's great. Little did you know, his old trainer and the reason for all of him running away and all of these problems are Nanbu, the absolute one eyed animal from season one, <laughs> uh, has to has to unfortunately get the news that he's got. What was it? Was it just cancer? Um. Yeah, I can't remember, but it, it was cancer. Yeah, yeah, so terminal. I mean, they were saying, oh, well, you can try this surgery and then like. And getting treatment and it would extend for so long, but we can't guarantee how long. Mm -hmm. And he, yeah, I'm sorry, I'll let you continue. No, go ahead. Um, so just throughout the show, you, as you said, you get the snippets, which I think they feed perfectly to you because they show you the present time and you're like, okay, well. Joe's having this particular flashback, but what is the meaning and what led up to that? And they perfectly weave into the story when you need those flashbacks to fill in those blanks. Absolutely, because there is something to seeing Joe in a mysterious way to where you can actually worry about him as you would in real life. You don't actually know what's going on in someone's head. The show is not going to show you exactly what's going on. But they'll start giving you morsels. And then at that point and halfway through the season, you get this. Oh, Joe, you poor guy. I am so sorry you're going through this. Good thing you are a cartoon. <laughs> Holy cow. But by running away, getting out of all this, we meet one of the best characters of the entire uh, show. Please say uh, it's Chief. It's Chief. Yeah. What a beautiful human. He's someone who Joe can learn from. He can get that tough love mm. and he can uh, grow and, and, and get back to the boy that we love. Once you've met someone else who's experienced loss, and in this case, Chief, with the, he lost his son. Who knows what that's even like? That's on like the most colossal level of loss. So it's like Joe at that point is put right into his right into his place and not saying that, oh, this loss is greater than this. But I think it was very humbling to see that Chief is such a caring guy who's still, even after all that, functioning, making sure to do his best to take care of this little town, which is called the Casa. Mm -hmm. And it's all these immigrants. And the first kind of little bit of this show is more so about we need to save that town and Joe ends up using that as a catalyst of getting better because he's helping them and he's doing all this stuff. This show is real, it's somber, it's, you're happy to be watching it, but you're in a different mindset. It's like watching like a, I don't know, it's something. <laughs> and there's only 13 episodes to season two, and we are with the Casa clan for the first four, if not five episodes. Yeah. And that's almost half. And when I think back on the show as a whole. So much happens. And I think that's what this studio and whoever's writing this 
and mapping out the episodes. They do an excellent job with not, there's no filler. Mm -hmm. Nothing. They're getting to the point and not rushing it too quickly, but they're also obviously giving you all the information you need. It's just written so well and executed. Just it's excellent. Yeah, the storytelling is, is on a different level with this. And I know it sounds like we're just fluffing this thing up, and this, but it's super refreshing. And I'm not saying that storytelling is dead, but it's kind of gotten watered down. We got to admit, and we're part of the problem here, lewdness and stupid jokes is at the core of anime right now. As much as I love it, I think we can probably start relaxing a little bit on the sexual stuff because... You need a break once in a while. And this was the perfect freaking break. Easily the best of, of this season. Because mm-hmm. even though I'm just saying we need less of that, Nagatoro was great too. But then that is exactly the two things I just said. It's lewdness and it's comedy. That's all it was. Yeah, there's, there's, there's lewdness though. I would think Nagat- Nagatoro, it... It has its moments, but I think it's still on that sweet innocent side. Oh, it there's sure a was. difference which watching with watching that and like what's that Monster Mune or whatever show we were watching. Oh, Monster Masamune. There or something we go. Like that. Yeah, there's 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 a fine line. Well, surely, yeah. I would say No Game No Life is more lewd, obviously, than Nagatoro. Yeah, yeah. There's certain, and again, nothing wrong with it. No, it but should. Maybe it, we can tell some other stories. Yeah. Besides nosebleed rocket into the sky, yada yada. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, you know what's crazy? What? The listeners could actually be talking to us about the, the, the anime we talk about and a bunch of other stuff on our Discord. We have one of those. We have a Discord? Yeah, and we 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 say it every time. And people come in, they join, and they don't hit that one button, and then they can't chat with us, and then they think we're losers, and that our Discord sucks. When you know what it is, they suck. Hit the button. <laughs> Learn to read. We love you guys to death, but if I see one of you guys, keep joining, leaving, keep joining, leaving. I know what's going on. Just click the button. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> we see you. The only way to find it is from listening to us shill for this Discord every episode of this podcast. <laughs> But nevertheless, love talking to you guys on there. It is a little quiet in there as of late, but. It is summer. People hopefully are outside. There's and- also no pressure. We're not saying come in here and you got to do this. And say, no, just let it be a chill hangout place. If you want to talk anime, pop in and do it. If you want to like anime on Instagram, we'll follow our Instagram. It's, it's, at the same time, I feel bad saying, hey, why don't you come join us on both of these accounts where we, we have been very slow on actually doing stuff. The Instagram more so, and that is 100% my responsibility. Yeah, I'm going to start filming some stupid videos and just putting it on there. (laughs) We've been saying too, and it's not necessarily anime, but I have so much random nostalgic stuff in this basement that I just kind of want to show off. But then you join the whole social media thing of, like you go on TikTok and you go, look what I bought from Amazon. Check this out. You should buy it too. It's like, is content commercials now? Because I thought we didn't like that because when YouTube gives me two commercials, I'm livid. Then I go on TikTok <laughs> and it's all just commercials. Yeah, buy this that I got. Look, I bought this for my desk. That's a <laughs> nice pencil holder, dude. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. But at the same time, I can't stop watching it. So there is something to it. <laughs> I don't know. It's like going to the mall to look. 
Ah, uh, the mm-hmm. classic. I'm I'm not going to get anything. No. By the way, I'll probably stop at uh, Mitsuo and maybe I'll, oh, well. There's $50. Right, yeah, there she goes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, though. No. Yeah. I'll tell you what, and this is just a quick reprieve from talking about Megalobox. We'll get back into it, of course, but we did something last night with some friends. Oh, it's no. Some, it's something we wanted to do for a while. <laughs> And we finally had the opportunity, the stars aligned, and we're like, we can finally do it. Hunter Hunter being one of our favorite shows, along with Yu Yu Hakusho. Yes, I know, they're pretty much the same show, but I like them both, so deal with it. Hunter Hunter movies, there's two of them. And we just haven't, we just wanted to make sure the group was together to watch it and experience it, because we all love it. Here's the the hang up. Uh, we, We watched... Hunter Hunter, the final battle, which was the newest of the two movies. Oh boy. How long was that movie? Um, I think it was 18 hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. No, I think it was an hour 40. And it took 10 minutes for me to know that this wasn't, someone did a swap. <laughs> someone took Hunter Hunter and swapped in some type of a happy meal type of deal. <laughs> this shit sucked hard and i don't want to say that about hunter hunter because i'm a big fan and normally i'm like well if i'm a big fan even if it's bad this will carry me through no and i've said this before on the podcast star wars gets away with too much shit with cutting to an angle of darth vader and holding that piece of shit on screen for five (laughs) minutes as the fans all sit there fapping their asses off it's vader it's vader i get it i get it Gosh. But here's the deal. Even as big of a fan as I am of Hunter Hunter, the intro is all, oh, look, it's gone. Oh, it's Killua. Hey, look, it's him. Hey, it's it. After the 10th <laughs> person, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Let him die. <laughs> what is going on in this story? And what's, let's get to it. Well, by an hour and 30 in, I had slept twice. Um, I had heard two other people sleep at one point, And it was a weird quiet that had taken over the room. It was like eerily, I think even the whole movie, we were all just like not wanting to admit how bad it was. Yeah, there is, there are okay silences like the, when you're at a restaurant and the food is so good and this weird silence hits, well, it's because everyone's enjoying. This was the exact (laughs) opposite. This was actually the silence of us (laughs) just seething. I... (laughs) I am not going to watch the other Hunter Hunter movie because I don't want to do that to myself. And we've heard that the other one is worse than this one and we can't even imagine. And I said worse? <laughs> worse than the worst? I don't think so. <laughs> so if you are a Hunter Hunter fan, do yourself a favor. Don't, uh, don't, don't check out the movies. Just don't. I know it's hard to trust two people randomly on the internet, but <laughs> this is it. If, 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 if I could do one thing to save an hour and 40 of your life, we, we've done it. And, uh, and it's sad. It was. So sad. It was. It didn't even feel like Hunter Hunter. Yeah, Danielle, the drawing. I was losing my damn mind. The drawing was off. Um, the whoever dubbed or um, Trans- subbed. Yeah. yeah, did the translation. And it could have even just been the script because obviously we don't know Japanese and translating that is obviously very difficult. But 
someone would say something and the response would be not even remotely regarding what the original person said. Yeah. It was just bad. And I'm not sure if this was actually written, directed by the original, the, the OG. And if he did, in fact, have a part in this movie and everyone is up his ass right now about, please, you got to finish. You got to finish Hunter Hunter. We need you to finish. No, don't bring him back, because if this is what he's doing. <laughs> I want him to go out like the legend he is. Not like this. Not not this. This was something that I even think Satan down in hell himself <laughs> would laugh at and go, "Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> That guy knows rough. He's half of a goat. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means. Oh my gosh, you're on fire today. <laughs> you say that when I just say two jokes and that's I why I married it. you. What a hype woman. <laughs> my wife, Danielle, everyone. Let's give her a round of applause as we sit alone in our cars listening to this. Which, by the way, care eyes on the road. Anyway. Well, well, they are listening, so I hope their eyes are on the road. Who knows? Some people like to... Close their eyes and listen. Don't do that. <laughs> Anywho. Going back to Megalobox. Going back to Nomad Megalobox 2. An actual masterpiece. This is how you show characters coming back. Oh, This man. is how you show. Because you're like, oh, look, it's the character I love. Oh, my God. They hate Joe. What is going on here? <laughs> help. As a help me. This is that scenario of if you could open the the window and just watch the drama outside of your town home as a girlfriend and a boyfriend fight at three in the morning. Oh my God. But you at the end understand both characters. I know that that sounds like a fever dream and that came out of nowhere, but we're going to do one more tangent. When okay. we were living <laughs> at our town home, things just happened. And one of them, we, me and Daniel would just get to, we'd crouch down by the window and we'd just listen in on people's drama. Is it bad? <laughs> sure. <laughs> But we're talking three in the morning. This guy is telling her, get out of my car. So she does. And he's like, get in the car. (laughs) All right, buddy. First off, communication skills not doing very well. (laughs) Two, now she's wailing, crying. I'm like, do I got to call someone? What do I got to do? She ends up walking into the night and then he drove away. Bless them both. I hope everything happened. But anywho. You hope everything happened? You hope everything turned out okay? That's what I meant. Did I say everything happened? (laughs) (laughs) Well, whatever the hell that means. (laughs) But with this, that's a segue into the drama that you are going to be peeking into with this is tangible. It's edible. It is. I don't like it. I think it it could be relatable. Oh, sure. Because we've all lost people very close. And this is where going back to when I had said you when you experience loss in this life, humans are weird. Humans brains are weird. We don't know. And sometimes we'll lash out at the ones we love which is exactly the opposite of what you should be doing and in the case of this there's these young kids that joe and nanbu had kind of taken in given this motivation formed this gym of team nowhere and it was just something so sweet and it's something that in the first season you're left with them all being okay and to come back it's like you're in a weird high school drama where you just walked in you didn't even know and suddenly now everyone hates you and you feel it through the point of view of joe and it's the most sad feeling in the world because Sachio, all these kids that had looked up to him are now suddenly telling him don't come back get away all this it was heartbreaking and i think the, the quicker you can 
absolutely dismantle a viewer's heart, the, the quicker you can then start that redemption. And that's why even with a mediocre last fight, this show is so beyond much better than anything I've seen recently that I can't help but recommend it every time I even talk to someone. Because not everyone's into sports anime, especially mm-hmm. boxing. The only reason I'm in it, we, we'd kind of discussed in the radar, boxing movies are a dime a dozen. You got Rocky, which, by the way, not that good. They're good movies, but they ain't that good. Cinderella Man was pretty good. There's just, there, yeah, there's just so many boxing movies. It's the same old thing, but for an anime to take that same old thing and kind of do the old twisty twist, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really want to talk about the beautiful symbolism of the story of the nomad and the hummingbird throughout the show. Let's get into it. So I'm not going to go through verbatim what the story is. If you're listening to us, you've already watched the show. Yeah. So. Or you just love us so much. That you just love hearing spoilers. And it's probably because of me. (laughs) God, what a douche. Am I right, everyone? I think you are when people come to hear. You're the more entertaining one. But. You get the story of the nomad and the hummingbird and each arc of the show ties it in with each of the characters. So you have Chief Mac, who is the fighter at the later that Joe ends up doing the match with. And obviously Joe himself and the interchangeable symbolism of who is the nomad in the story being called out to by the hummingbird, I think Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. It was just a really beautiful way to tell a story. And we're not just obviously when we're watching season two following Joe. He's the main person, obviously, but Chief has his own story. We get that. And how he was kind of in the same situation as Joe and how he worked through it and is how he is today to then help Joe. And then you get Mac later on. You get his story on how. He was a police officer. Something happened. Now he's working with this neurotechnological team um, to give him mobility back in his body. Yeah, because he had on duty gotten uh, injured and was paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And there's this new and this is where the show is like getting into more of the futuristic stuff because it does a little dabbles like the the gear that they're using in Megalobox. But then also in this case, yes, one of the main drivers is this big corporation has created this technology that kind of hooks in and then can almost kind of give nerves back to these um, people. And Mac is patient zero. He is the one that they're testing it on. And boy, howdy, talk about a bounce back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we get to see what he's dealing with and how this company is lying to him and the people, uh, I guess, funding the company on the flaws of, of the system and you see his family dynamic kind of crumbling as he's unknowingly dealing with this. Um, and, and his little arc, too, of coming full circle and being able to be one with his family. And then Joe obviously reuniting back with Team Nowhere. And obviously Sachio, which we haven't talked too much about. But we really only see Sachio come round the last three or four episodes Mm -hmm. he's you know really still upset with joe and how he left them after nambu died and and the defeat against i think liu or whatever that um 
that guy's name is that he did that exhibition match with. But mm-hmm. the guy that we were just calling so cool, but then we don't remember his name. Well, <laughs> he is pretty cool. No, he's but pretty cool. You only he's only in a few uh little scenes, but yeah, I just a uh, few little scenes. Hold on a second. Let me stop you there. Do you remember when Mac almost murdered the man? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that oh, was a pretty big fight this season. And the poor kid gets paralyzed. Yeah, Yuri sees that it's about to go down. And Yuri is someone that we've seen through season one. And just the idea of him going into season two, that he's just the antagonist. He's this other guy. But I mean, there's also a mutual respect because of the way that the last fight's handled. But yeah, even Yuri's like, wait, we got to throw in the towel. He is too late. And then all of this and a lot of what this show is doing. Sorry, this is a little tangent. Then you can go back to that. But it is just self-reflection with all different types of thing in life and how people handle blame and just how self-destructive you can be with blame. Even when someone who is in a hospital bed has gotten Mac timed, which holy cow you can still sit there and take all the blame. And that's big and hundred percent, the pivotal center point here with Joe, he is blaming himself, even though he had no control over Nanbu, his way of escape, his way of not immediately dealing with what was going on with uh, Nanbu was to take this fight. The kids didn't really see it as that. They're just like, you should be with him in his time. And they just don't understand that some people their first instincts to run away or to get so zoned in on something. And you can't really predict what's going to happen. Loss is insane from. And from, everyone has yeah. different coping mechanisms. And obviously Joe watching season one, he's always been on his own. Mm-hmm. It's only doing this team nowhere stuff and doing the megaloboxing boxing as he starts to get his family. And now it's starting to break apart. That's going to affect everyone differently. It was brutal. And it's a now that Nambu is potentially and then ends up leaving, that's a lot of responsibility thrown on Joe to take care of everyone. Yeah. It's the ragtag team just was not ready for such a uh, kind of crucial moment. And that shows when they're uh, creating of season two here. But going back to the hummingbird thing, that's where Chief comes in. And that's where the tale of this hummingbird thing that Danielle was getting into is the huge main central theme of this. Yes. Well, I just was going to, the last thought on it was each of these people in the story teach Joe the meaning of life. And Mm -hmm. I think chief most of all, because he's the one who pulls Joe out of that, uh, the, the pit of his addiction. Absolutely. And really brings him to realize, even though Chief lost his immediate family, he still has his whole casa um, and his support group there. So Joe needs and works towards uh, apologizing and trying to make up for what he did seven years ago. Yep. And it, Yeah. And the returning theme of the hummingbird and essentially the core theme of the story itself is basically that wherever you may go in life and things like that, all of the roads eventually lead back to home. Mm. So there's a core kind of element of forgiveness, Sachio and them. Yes, it was not good for Joe to leave when he did, but at the same time is they just needed to trust um, and, and put 
all of that within someone that they love so much that he will come back. He just needs his time. And for some, you know, that journey that they're going on and what they need to do before coming back, you can't really, you don't really have a say in it. And it can get as rough as it did with Joe, who, when you go from season one, one of the most legendary decorated fighters in this universe, to then season two, watching him in these nasty spots, as we were talking about, you can't have a bigger contrast. And they did so well with figuring out what would it be like for the journey of this hero to come back home after getting so lost, after getting mixed up with something like that. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to say it in the pretentious artsy way, but no, it is, it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that with characters too much now. You don't really, I don't even want to confine this to people don't do this tor- storytelling in anime, even cinema movies, normal movies nowadays mm-hmm. aren't hitting these levels I think any more of writing and depicting certain emotions. Absolutely not. It's gotten too much into the, and I, you know what, this is going to offend some people. Marvel movies are not my thing. I personally, this is not, I'm I'm not saying they suck, but I personally think they are garbage. I cannot watch anymore. Every time that I'm convinced to watch one, I can't do it. Iron Man one was my shit. Even up all the way until Avengers, I was like, okay, these are pretty good, but now I, I can't do it. And that is not in a pretentious way, but saying it's like, there's no reason to write characters like Gearless Joe anymore because they don't need to. As much as Iron Man is flawed in the Marvel Universe, there is no actual sense of urgency, of loss, of any danger because he always bounces back. It's the Superman complex. I'm not going to worry about Tony Stark. I'm not going to worry about Captain America because at the end of the day, Marvel doesn't have the balls to write something actually detrimental happening. I know that we've had our spoiler alert. I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark and Spider-Man disappearing, whatever. That's not real loss because who cares about Spider-Man at that point? I don't know. Is it, are you saying because the universe is so big, there's so much going on? There's just too much. It's just spastic. And I love the visual effects. That's my, that's my whole jam. I'll watch any featurette for anything Marvel with that, but I'm not going there for story. I'm just going there for eye candy. Yeah. It's like watching Transformers. Yeah. Which the first one was pretty good. And then they just kind of. What? Transformers? Yeah. Yeah. First one was all right. I thought Megan Fox did okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. But not saying that, well, I like Megalobox because it's more substance than anything else. Everyone's got their own personal thing. You might think that this at its base level is just a stupid story and it's not really doing much for you. But personally, I thought this was great. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to keep saying over and over. I know you've heard it 30 times. I get it. I do. Was there a particular scene or moment from season two or scenes, I guess, that, that you thought uh, stood out to you? Yeah, I think right up at the end there. When Joe is, he's rebuilt Team Nowhere's gym. He's got Yuri backing him. He's, he's accepted and that he will be fighting Mac, which is both something for him because he needs to get back in that ring. But then two, he's also, I mean, Mac, this is just a great opportunity. Everyone has this core fundamental 
respect and kind of longing to fight Joe because of just what that means. And he helped so many people just by his journey in season one that Joe doesn't even know he's helping them just by fighting. It's kind of crazy. And Mac ends up being such a lovely character, his home life. And then he also has this whole, but anyways, sorry to answer your question without going (laughs) everywhere else. All of that was great and it was leading up to this fight. But the moment that I loved is when you found out that he was going to wear Chief's hummingbird Mm. gear. Yeah. It's you're taking the character and the person, the combatant who is famous for not wearing gear. And he's not going to do this fight to appease anyone else. He's going to wear this gear. It'll it, it is more of a message for himself. It's something he needs to get past what he is because at the same time. As much as we love Chief in this show, we lose him too. And it sucks. Yeah. And Joe isn't wanting to do this fight and not come back, Mm -hmm. which he tells Sachio, that's why I'm wearing this gear. It was made and protected Chief for so long and had this meaning towards this person who saved me. And And it was created by him and his son, which mm -hmm. is just so absolutely adorable. And then Sachio puts his own spin on it and, and does that. But yeah, the symbolism of this fight is him showing that he's going to keep doing what he's doing, but he will, in fact, come home, mm-hmm. which was the big thing. The kids hated him because he left, but he eventually um, he, he gets back to their heart because we all love Joe. Mm-hmm. He's flawed. He's scarred and scuffed, but he's a cool ass character i'll tell you that much Mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it thoroughly enjoy that it's not something that's been strung out and the fact that you could theoretically just own season two if one wasn't your jam two might actually hit and resonate with you more and they're both standalone solid shows Mm -hmm. because i don't think you necessarily need to watch season no. one. I think there's enough fl- flashbacks and yeah, you're not going to know the characters, but knowing Nanbu isn't pivotal at all. It's more of just his loss is what's tearing every, like this whole group apart, which you don't need that much backstory to understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. All, all the more crazy is that I've managed to in this episode shit on not only Star Wars, but Marvel. <laughs> The two biggest franchises. I feel so bad because I don't hate them. I think they're fine. I respect them. I just don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, they just don't hold any weight for us. It's. Iron Man 1 does, though. Man, I want to watch that again soon. (laughs) There's something about that first one. Maybe it's it's the grit. Maybe it's the Megalobox involved in that one. (laughs) What about you? If you had to pick a moment from this show, by the way. (sighs) The one thing that I think about all the time is. Them finding Chief in the car. Oof. Yeah, that was rough. Mm-hmm. When he went to sleep, like I knew. Oh, yeah. When, well, he, when yeah. Chief was going to sleep in the car after that one fight, I was like, Papa's not coming back. No. <sighs> yeah. That was hard. That, yeah. And there's other shows that do it, but this is one of those that in 13 episodes can do more than several seasons of another show as far as developing a connection to the characters. Yes, we're going to do it again because it's my most immediate freaking example. But do you ca- legitimately care about any of the characters in My Hero Academia? 
besides like the big ones, Endeavor, All Might. Yeah, no. I don't really, you know, and Froppy's uh, <laughs> Fuchi Coochie when she's on the wall <laughs> in this season, but I don't have a diehard. Like if they killed off one of the characters, I would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. But it wouldn't hit like Chief did because mm-hmm. Chief's a helper. No one doesn't like Chief. The yep. music in this show. By oh the my way, gosh. Phenomenal. To full. The opening theme, the ending theme, the music throughout. You go from this weird, like the first season was this nice high energy music. No. This one is all just. It's like Mexican Spanish ch- themes and it's a Spanish folk style. It's very good. It's. Ugh. It's fantastic. And maybe I do have some rose-colored glasses for the show, but seriously, I highly recommend checking it out if you've just listened to all the spoilers that we've said. I don't think they kill the show. I think just the experience of the show is still something else, which is also a good thing about the show. It's not so much about what's happening. It's about the ride, and it's about how you're feeling as you're watching it. Less so about the events, but at the same time, the events are kind of important too. So what am I even talking about, right? And I would say we wouldn't have rose-colored glasses because there's been other shows that uh, got a high school that we went into. This is great when we did the uh, radar for it. And then by the end, we were like, yeah. listen, dog, you dropped the ball on this or, or me showing you FLCL season one where I'm yeah. like, yay. And you said nay. <laughs> that was a hard nay on that one. Yeah, I I have been wanting to rewatch that, though. I think you introduced it to me a little too early in my Maybe. anime watching experience. And that's what's crazy, because we just had a, again, we had our friends over and we were having a, a discussion about anime and just all bonding over the hatred of this Hunter Hunter movie, which we aren't even going to consider to have happened. This is like one of those 90s horror movies where something horrible happened and the entire group goes, this didn't happen and we can't let news of it spread. That is Hunter Hunter, the final battle. Oh my God, it was bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. It's got its place somewhere in the <laughs> shitty anime movie <laughs> historical museum. <laughs> we were talking about anime and our group, we feel we're already the oldest and then we just feel like their parents when it comes to anime. Because we're, I'm the one guiding him, showing him, and I, I had given him uh, Cowboy Bebop. He's now got Trigun. So I'm giving all these shows that, of course, are kind of like if you were to take an anime class in school, these would be on the curriculum. But he wasn't all that impressed with Cowboy Bebop. I'm like, Phew, I don't know, man. That's kind of universally understood to be very good. Don't get me wrong. Not everyone likes it. That's fine. but. He may be giving it a go soon again, and I think he should. That's a show that, even though it's near and dear to me, I, there's, there's something about that one too. It's, it's about, and I keep using it because I have no other words for it because I went to art school, it's about that grit, baby. Mm-hmm. I need a little bit of tangible bumpiness in a show. I need some, some adult themes that can stay with me. Chief is with me from Megalobox. Sometimes. <laughs> and that being said, that's all I've got for Megalobox. At this point, we can't do anything more for you. You just need to either watch it 
or not watch it because those are the technically the only two <laughs> options here. <laughs> that said, my gosh, hope you guys are enjoying this nice uh, 4th of July weather or had a good 4th of July weekend. We are recording this on the weekend and you guys won't hear until tomorrow, technically. But hope you had a great weekend. If you didn't, that's okay. Chief will comfort you and let you know that you'll be, you'll be back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and uh, you got anything else? No. All right. Well, then that's it. Massive. Huge fan of you. Hope that you kind of like us, that you think, hey, I know those people in there. They're okay. Hope that's how you feel about this podcast. Any you, Daniel, send them packing with a good old goodbye there. Bye, guys.